welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network and your San Antonio Spurs will get back in action tomorrow night in the first round of the opening uh, round series between Spurs and Nuggets where the Spurs have a, brace yourself, a 1-0 lead over the Denver Nuggets. Yes, actually one on the road up in the Mile High City. We're going to be talking about that and more. Basically, what went right? Why did the Spurs pick up the W? What did the Spurs do in order for them to take not only home court advantage away from the Nuggets, but to have a little momentum in ahead of Game 2? Also on the show, should we be surprised? I mean, I mean we're, we're sitting here looking back at Game 1 and the Spurs up one nothing. Is this really a surprise to talk about that and more? I'm joined by the co-host of At The Line Podcast, which covers the San Antonio Spurs, a good friend of Lockdown Spurs, Ty Yeager. Ty, welcome to Lockdown Spurs. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for having me. I am pumped up with the Spurs up 1-0 in the series. This is I was not. I was really surprised, to be honest. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about whether we should be surprised or not in a few minutes. But let's look back at Game One. It was a tightly contested game. It really wasn't any separation uh, between the uh, Spurs and Nuggets. At least any big separation, a la Bucks, Pistons, Warriors, Clippers. The final score was one hundred one ninety six. But when you look back at Game One, Ty, why? What is? What did they do right? What went right for San Antonio? If you honestly look at the stats, it should, this game should not have gone right for the Spurs. The DeMar DeRozan only shot 35% from the field. He went 6 for 17. LaMarcus Aldridge can't get anything cooking either with 6 for 19 from the field. But the bench, this te- this is a team-style team. It, yeah. This team plays – they don't play ISO. Even though DeMar – I liked how DeMar was trying to take over on that, but the rest of the team showed up. Brent Forbes, Derek White, yeah. role players that are not the big names on the team. They took over. They took charge whenever the big guys couldn't, and that's the biggest reason the Spurs were able to stay in it. Plus, also some really good defense. And this team is this team all year has not been known for its great defense, and they were able to never give Denver the lead for the rest of the game after the first quarter. Yeah, when I look back at the game one win, what stands out for me is this: is that you had Demar Derozan who played well, but not really Demar level. Uh, play. LaMarcus Aldridge played okay, but really not the LMA that we've seen this season. So for the Spurs to have their two primary weapons kind of subpar and for them to pull out the win, I think that's huge. I think that bodes well for San Antonio moving on in this series. You look what LaMarcus Aldridge said following game one. He said it didn't even matter if he scored 30 points or in this case that he did not score 30 points. He's just so happy that the Spurs bench stepped up. Ty, heading into the series, that's one of the areas that I think was not getting enough love. The Spurs' depth. Do the Spurs have the depth advantage over Denver? Oh, they definitely do. Especially, and especially whenever you look at this matchup, based on experience. This Spurs team has probably some the best experience that you could ask for. You have championship winners, Patty Mills and Marco Bellinelli. You have Rudy Gay, who's been in the in the league for a long time. Right. You got Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan, who they've gone deep in the playoffs multiple times. And then you just got guys who have always been who have been around players like Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili. Even if they're not playing, they've been mentor roles for these mm-hmm. players, and that's been a just the amount of experience that this bench has overall has it has the advantage over Denver for sure. Yeah. Um, one other thing that stands out for me in game one was that the Spurs kind of ran into a wall in that third quarter. 
Uh, the Spurs uh, were only held to just 13 points in the third. That was actually tied for the fourth fewest points Denver has allowed in any playoff quarter in their history. Yet the Spurs were able to weather the storm. Why were the Spurs able to do that, Ty? I think I don't. I have to give it to the defense. The defense was able was the thing that kept them in the game. Even though they had the lead for majority of the game, that lead was only there because Denver could not make any shots. Yeah, that was because of the Spurs' true. defense. And as much as little as the Spurs scored in the third quarter at 13, Denver only scored 17 against them too. So it's not like Denver wasn't going off either because the Spurs' defense was the reason they held them in. And especially whenever Denver is shooting six for 28 from yeah. three-point range, that's not them just missing. That's the defense putting really good contestants on them and playing up good defense to keep the Spurs in the game. Yeah, we, we cannot uh, move on on this show without talking about Derek White. I, I mean, he just really, really showed out in game one. Uh, you know, before we start talking about him, uh, in particular in game one, Ty, I, 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 I've been forced to ask this throughout the entire season, especially when he kicked it up a notch. Is this really his breakout season? I mean, is there, does he still have a breakout season ahead of him, cause, considering this is only his second season? There has to be, and and I that's what's that crazy. There has to be, yeah. And the thing, the thing that we've always talked about on our podcast was next season. Next season should be fun. Whenever it's a backcourt of Derek White and yeah. Dejounte Murray, and I think those two could easily be one of the best backcourts in the league. And I think that I think being paired alongside Dejounte, where Derek doesn't have to take complete load on defense, that's yeah. where he's going to shine. Yeah, it just boggles the mind knowing that he's just in his second season. If we really break down his two seasons, his rookie season was, what, 80% in Austin with the G League and 20% towards the end of the season. And then he had to get run in the uh, postseason um, in a little bit. And that's where you saw signs of life. He fast-forwarded this season again, you know, was thrusted into a role that he wasn't used to. Then he got hurt. Um, then he came back, and then he, when he came back, he was still sputtering. He was benched right before the uh, the rotary road trip, and then when he came back, you know, showed out, and to the point where he is what he is. You know, I actually spoke with Brent Barry in the uh, earlier uh, Locked On Spurs this season. He said there was a moment time during the rodeo road trip, or I think maybe uh, I think right before. Uh, where Barry and the group looked at White, and they all looked at each other, saying, "He got it, like it clicked." I was, I told Barry, "Well, better late than never, because the Spurs need him right now, and they're, he's proven to be such a valuable asset." And again, Ty, he's just in his second season. I can't stress that enough. It's, it's fascinating. This guy, he's not a young guy either. He's, I yeah. believe, he's twenty. He's twenty-four this season, and right. he. Played all four years in college, so he has that experience. He has the, he has a really good IQ for the game. And if you, the one, the steal of the night, whenever he got the game winning steal, we want I watched that that footage in slow motion, and was it was really interesting to see how he did it because you see, see him backpedaling. He has he has Murray in front of him, and Jokic look like looks like he's about to blindside screen him, but right right between he's, when he's between Jokic and Murray, he turns his head slightly so he sees Jokic in his peripheral. And then he go. He turns his head back, and as soon as he hits Jokic, he does like a dime step turn against Murray and gets the steal. And it's yeah. just little things like that that fascinate me, and shows shows me how smart Derek White is and how aware he is. Yeah, yeah. He he really uh, is showing his uh, high basketball IQ. And as mentioned before, Castro is enough. It's just his second season. But you you know, DeMar- uh, sorry, uh, Derek White simply was amazing. 
Uh, not only did he have the dunk of the playoffs, at least so far, you know, just barely starting when he just crammed one right on Paul, Paul Millsap. Um, outside of that, it, it's just been a wonder for the Spurs. Here they are without DeJounte Murray, not really a point guard on their roster outside of White, and he's stepping in. So kudos to him. But, you know, Ty, I want to talk a little bit more about DeMar DeRozan. And, yes, finished with 18 points. You know, normally he scores upwards in the high 20s. But he had a playoff career high of 12 rebounds. That is so important. I think that's not getting enough attention right now, Ty. It's definitely not. And also, if you look at his assists, he had six assists. So he could easily have had a triple-double that night. And it's, I think we've seen it all season, and we heard it going into the playoffs. DeMar has definitely changed his game. He's taken the Spurs away, and he he. He used to be known as a really a big score type guy, but here he has in San Antonio he hasn't been scoring because he's been dishing out assists, he's been grabbing rebounds. He got his first first triple double in his whole career in like the ten seasons he played. And is this season was his first triple double. Yeah, I know, that's it's, amazing. Just showing, it's just showing how much he's changed his game up and he's showing that he can be versatile on the offense without having to score. Let's talk about the Spurs defense on the big man that is the Joker, Nikola Jokic. He did have a triple-double, 10 points, 14 rebounds, 14 assists. He had a steal, but in 36 minutes, that's all he did. The Spurs really were throwing double teams at him every chance they could, weren't they, Ty? They were. It was, and it seems like there was a – I think the, the matchup against – Jokic and Aldridge, it seems like both teams have the same strategy of double-teaming the big man. Yeah. So they had to pass the ball out. Because I know LaMarcus had a difficult time with the double-teams. Jokic had a difficult time with the double-team. But Jokic, as much as he can dish the ball out for 14 assists, th- they need this guy to score. Because not there's not a lot to other big-name scores on this Denver Nuggets team. Mm-hmm. And whenever Jokic is the flagship of your team, you need Jokic scoring, not scoring 10 points in the whole game. Yeah. Well, the uh, Spurs not only handed uh, Denver their um, 0-1 series deficit right now, they also handed them their fifth straight loss to the Spurs. That's right. Denver has lost to San Antonio five straight times in the postseason. That dates back to 2007. And they are now 6-21 overall versus the Spurs in the playoffs. I like those odds, uh, Ty. What about you? I I like them odds. (laughs) You can never – Especially whenever Pop is the most winningest coach in NBA history, and yeah. has more has more playoff wins than I than he has more wins in like six different franchises, and he has the like the six most playoff wins as a coach alone compared to other teams. Yeah. So you can't. I like the odds that the Spurs have, and then add under the Popovich effect, you you can't go wrong. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, Ty and I, we're gonna take our uh, first break. But we get back, we're going to be talking more about the Spurs win over the Nuggets, including whether or not we really should be surprised. But before we take that break, you can get locked on Spurs on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Spurs. Now remember, to get this show every day, subscribe to Locked On Spurs on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Spurs.
We are back, and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. He is the co-host of the Spurs podcast titled At The Line Podcast. And one other thing before we continue, Ty is pulling an incredible Michael Jordan right now. He's actually sick right now, and he came off that bench, and he's he, you know, he's plowing through this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Ty, how do you do it? I, w- I want to say I'm sick, but my throat is – I'm not <laughs> sure. It's not, like, it's not like a sore throat, but it's like it has like a lump in my throat, and I don't know like where it came from. Did I yell too much against with the Spurs game? I don't know. But um, it doesn't hurt, fortunately, so I'm, I want to say I'm Michael Jordan, but I'm <laughs> – but I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take it, though. Yeah, just take it. When every time somebody re- uh, compares you to the MJ, you just run with it. I, I would have been like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm so out of it right now. But how do I do it? <laughs> oh, no. I know. I know. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, one team that's kind of left store right now is that's the Nuggets, as they are down 0-1 to the Spurs. The Spurs came into this series seventh seed. Nuggets were the second seed. The Spurs had a horrific rotary road trip. Denver was plowing ahead. Denver ends up with the best record as far as the home games are concerned. The Spurs are right there with them. The Spurs kind of sort of were sputtering towards the end of the season, but, you know, rattled off a few games in a row while Denver was kind of tripping a bit. 101-96 was the final score in game one. Why should not we be sur- Why shouldn't we be surprised right now, Tyler? I mean, seriously, should anybody be surprised the Spurs are up one nothing? People were – I think a lot of people in the league are going to be surprised just because of how many predictions I saw. Denver Denver were going to be taking it in like six games, seven games. I was very surprised that no one was giving the Spurs a chance. Yeah. Although they were given like six, seven-game series. But also the big thing was this Spurs team is probably one of the worst playoff teams on the road mm-hmm. going like 11-21. and 21. This is one of the worst playoff road records in the whole league. And then suddenly they still won in against one of the best home teams in the league, yeah. against Denver, and they didn't do it. It wasn't like a back and forth game. It was a back and forth game in the first quarter, but for the rest of the game, the Spurs took the lead. Denver never led one time after the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, I personally, you know, when I saw the Spurs uh, win in the Pepsi Center, I sat in my chair thinking, all right, you know, I'm not shocked. I'm really not shocked. This is a, a team led by Popovich. This is a team that has more experience. When it comes to at least postseason experience, then Denver, correct me if I'm wrong, Ty, but I believe maybe just Paul Millsap has any sort of playoff experience on that Denver roster. And you also look at this, too. The, the coaching matchup, Pop versus Malone, I mean, the clear advantage is to Popovich. And he threw a bunch of different looks at Malone, and then Malone had to adjust. Though, you know, Malone is very confident because after the game, he did say, the Spurs and sure the Nuggets will be going back to San Antonio one one following the loss in game wow, one. Wow! Yeah, he, yeah, he put it out there. So, uh, nevertheless, I was not surprised. I don't think anybody should be surprised. This is a team that is always discounted and then rises to the occasion. And next thing you know, they're advancing. Next thing you know, they're up in the series like we're seeing right now. Do you think, Ty, that the Spurs were not given as much credit as they should have been given heading into the postseason? Oh, of course not. They did not get any credit. Yeah. They've been, people are doubting this team tremendously, and I can see that based off the seeding, and the Spurs have not had the best seeding in the past two years. Yeah. And so, but everyone was doubting the Spurs, saying, oh, Denver's just much more skilled. They're much younger. They have the home court advantage. But everyone forgets that this team is still playoff experience. It's Popovich. You can't yeah. ever doubt Popovich. Mike Malone said it best, and that he that you shouldn't doubt Popovich. 
whenever he says, Popovich has five rings, I only got a wedding ring. So it's the, <laughs> one of the, it was a perfect quote saying that he was realizing and respecting Popovich in that, yeah, Popovich has the experience over us, and we cannot, we cannot not respect that. Yeah. I, I, what, what gets me the most is this, is that you, you see the talking heads um, following the uh, Spurs win, and you see, you know, titles and segments on their shows. Uh, Will the Spurs ever miss the playoffs? Or, you know, the Spurs shock the Nuggets. And that one made me laugh because, I mean, is it really a shock? This is a Nuggets team that has the little to no playoff experience. Nevertheless, Ty, you know, here they are, 1-0. They got game two tomorrow night in Denver. If they were to win tomorrow night again, would you be shocked? I think I would be. And I'm really put my first put my yeah. put my non my non Spurs bias aside. Yeah. And saying that if I'm just a regular casual fan and I see the Spurs are up two oh against Denver knowing that Spurs were one of the worst home road teams in the league. Yeah. And Denver being one of the best home teams, yeah, I'm gonna be surprised as a normal fan. As a Spurs fan, I'm not because I know our experience the Spurs have a repertoire of being able to just fight these really gritty games, especially in the playoffs. Everyone thought last season that the Spurs, without Kawhi Leonard, were going to go down, go down in a sweep against against uh, the Warriors. And no, they didn't. In Game Four, they took a, they took a one game, and Manu shined. And you can never let down the Spurs, no matter what. Especially whenever Pop's always coaching, you can you can never let the Spurs down, and you can always you should never be shocked. And never surprised if the Spurs are winning games because they've been doing it for the past 22 years. Yeah, I, again, you know, I, I take the different approach. I, I disagree with you. You know, if for some reason the Spurs, and I hope I'm hope we're both right that the Spurs go up 2-0, heading back to San Antonio for Game Three again. I would not be shocked. Why? We mentioned it over and over again on this show with the playoff experience. Then I think that's a tremendous advantage San Antonio has. And then you have the Spurs coming off the bench with Patty Mills, who's won a title. Marco Bellinelli, who's won a title. Rudy Gay, who's a veteran player in this league. I mean, my goodness. And you balance that with the fact that the Spurs are going with G League players to start. I mean, let's be honest. Derek White, Bryn Forbes. You know, they're in their starting unit. I mean, I think that's just an overwhelming force that doesn't get a lot of recognition this season. So, I mean, I disagree with you to a certain degree. You know, I would not be shocked. If anything, the only thing that would shock me is that they won on the road again. But outside of that, that's it. I, you know, somebody say, okay, pick one. I said, uh, well, um, I'm more shocked that they won on the road. I'm not too shocked they're up 2-0. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. You know, the Spurs didn't have themselves a great regular season. But that shouldn't matter because this is the real season. I think it's times like this you have to forget what happened in the regular season time. I agree with that. And this team is this team has shown very bright spots. De- uh, December being a key part of it, part of January, those were really bright spots within the season, showing that this team is an elite team. But it was overshadowed by a one and nine or one and seven, one and nine. I forgot what the record was mm-hmm. for the rodeo road trip, and just had a very poor stint when it came to February. And I know I think that overshadowed a lot of the Spurs' bright spots of this season. And honestly, as a Spurs fan, I was thinking this is not going to be a we're not going to sweep the Denver or anything like that. But if we win game, if Spurs win game two. I'm going to say it's possible the Spurs could be sweeping the number two seed, number two seed in the West. I think that's where we should end this segment right there because I want to make sure everybody got you on the record right there. So uh, Ty and I, we're going to take our final break. We get back. We're going to put a wrap on this episode of Locked On Spurs.
We are back, and I'm joined by Ty Yeager. Once again, he is the co-host of At The Line Podcast, which covers your San Antonio Spurs. And can you believe it? Your co-host, Mac, just simply could not hop on Locked On Spurs today, Ty. Uh, Man, I mean, I come I, on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for about his for his behavior and all that. <laughs> it's not like he's working a job or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's all. That's all. You know what? He has responsibilities. No, you... You make room to join uh, Locked On Spurs and, of course, at the Line Podcast anytime uh, Ty sure. and Mac ask anybody that is listening to this uh, show. All right, let's go ahead and put a wrap on this episode of Locked On Spurs, Ty. Um, Spurs got game two ahead. You think it would be another W, or you think this is going to be more lines of a tough, hard-fought battle? I'm going to say the Spurs defense needs to maintain their what they had in, in game one because I know for sure that Denver is not going to miss miss majority of their three-point shots like they did this first game. The defense needs to be keeping up their play like they have been. And the one thing that the Spurs didn't do last last game was they didn't really attack Jokic and put him in foul trouble. Jokic mm-hmm. doesn't have the great defense, and I think that he's he's just a big dude. So if you have guards like Derek White and Brent Forbes, if they're driving in the lane, they could easily draw a foul against Jokic. And I think they really need to attack Jokic, draw the fouls, and put Jokic in foul trouble to really take him out of the game. For me, I, I want to look at game two. I need to see a complete 48 minutes of uh, play. Uh, they took their foot off the gas pedal in that third, um, albeit the Spurs also did their damage to uh, Denver in that third as well. Nevertheless, you cannot afford another 13-point quarter. Um, the Spurs were fortunate, in my opinion, that Denver missed shots that they normally make. And nevertheless, their defense stepped up uh, 96 points. I mean, that's almost unheard of in today's NBA as the Spurs held Denver to that <laughs> that amount of points, just under 100. So I need the Spurs' defense to step up again. They cannot have another third period as they did in game one. And all I'm thinking the Spurs go up 2-0 heading back to San Antonio. So uh, Ty and I, we're done, but we want to hear from you. What do you think about the Spurs up 1-0? Are you surprised? What did they do right? You can email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at jeffgspurszone. We've been talking about it all day at the Line Podcast. Now Ty is going to tell you all you need to know about where you can listen and how you can follow Ty. All right, if you want to follow my personal Twitter, my personal Twitter is Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty Yeager, J-A-G-E-R. Yeah, just like the alcohol, radio. (laughs) For more At The Line, it's At The Line Pod on Twitter. You can also find us on our home base, uh, atthelinepodcast.com. That's where you can find the links to wherever we are. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, any different podcast site. You can find it at atthelinepodcast.com. There you go. Give Ty and At The Line Podcast a follow. So for Ty Yeager, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Mm-hmm.